Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. Hey everybody. We um, wanted to do a little bit different format for this to basically just give a big huge thank you to Colonial Life and everything that they've done for us individually and everything they've done for us as a family and all the lives that they've changed and impact and and that we've gotten the privilege to be a part of. So the title of this short podcast is Thank You to Colonial Life. And um, neither TJ or myself, I know, would be here without Colonial. So both of us are going to get a chance to uh, tell our stories a little bit today and talk about some things that we've we've come, you know, where we've come from and, and kind of where we're at now and, and what our plans are moving forward. So, Hey, Craig, why don't you tell the listeners... A little bit about yourself when you first started with Colonial. What, what were you doing before Colonial? Uh, some of your struggles along the way and your journey to success and being a part of uh, a wonderful organization, a team, and a TSM over Central Florida. Yeah, absolutely, TJ. You know, I will um, hum- humbly admit that telling this story is something that used to be 100% out of my comfort zone, and I don't know why. But what I found is that I have a huge passion for um, helping people change their life. And because of Colonial Life, my life has been changed more than I ever could have imagined. Um, so I've, I've gotten better about telling the story because I do think it helps people relate. And people can relate to what this story is. And, and a lot of people are in very similar or a lot worse circumstances than I was. And so um, I want to backtrack to October of my senior year. Um, as y'all found out in the first podcast, I was a college baseball player. I had dreams of playing beyond college, and, and um, I don't know if that ever would have worked out anyway, but, you know, that was always on my mind. And being young and, and prideful, that's all I thought I needed to do. Um, wasn't really focused on anything else besides wanting to play baseball. Um, thought I was Superman, thought I was invincible, and, you know, was, was on top of the world with doing everything that I could. October 17th, um, 2010, I was in the kitchen of my um, house and fell out and had a seizure. I had never had a seizure that I knew of before, and um, this came by, you know, just a huge surprise to everyone. Um, Don't really remember what happened much after that, but for the next three months, I was in and out of the hospital. Um, They couldn't get the medication right. I could not work out. I could not practice. I could not do anything. Needless to say, the harsh reality set in that my um, baseball career after college was going to be over. And I had to make a decision right then and there that I I, I better figure out something I'm going to do. So to top it all off, um, during that time, I I found out some of the greatest news I've I've ever found out in my life, and that was that I was going to be a father. and going into my senior season, I could not drive a car because when you have a seizure, you have to go six months after, um, after having a seizure to get your license back seizure-free. So I went my entire um, senior semester, spring semester, without a license. I um, could, you know, had to take 18 hours of upper-level you know, business classes to graduate in time and um, had, had a kid on the way. So life changed for me dramatically in basically a couple short months. Um, looking back on it, you know, there's, I'm so blessed f- 
for going through that because it really changed my mindset on life. It really changed everything that um, I, the way I think about it from a daily basis, and, and it really taught me that I need to do everything in the world without complaining and take it one day at a time. I ended up playing my college season. Um, so I played baseball, took 18 hours of classes, and worked. I would give hitting lessons. I would bartend at night, wait tables in the morning to try to make money to pay the bills at the house, um, and also uh, try to save up for a future kid that was on the way. I made the decision that I wanted to go and, and start working in the insurance and sales because I had applied at so many places before I graduated, and the only thing I could get was a nine to five job making you know 25 to 30 grand a year. Nothing's wrong with that at all, but I knew that I wanted more in life and I wanted more for my son, Hayes, you know, after that. So that was my driving factor. That was my why. Um, knowing that I had him on the way was absolutely the why that drove me to, to do more at that time. And started working with Liberty National. Um, couldn't afford business cards at the time, so I had an 8 by 10 sheet of paper that I had snuck into the Liberty National office and made copies of, and I don't even remember what it said, but I know it had my name and number on it. And um, I was handing those out everywhere I went, going door to door in rough neighborhoods in Montgomery, Alabama. I um, you know, was trying to find anybody and everybody that would give me a chance to talk to me at 22 years old to try to sell them life insurance, individual life insurance. I walked into a place, anybody that's familiar with Alabama, um, it's on Highway 14 in between Auburn and Wetumpka on middle of nowhere Alabama everything that everybody in the whole country thinks Alabama is this is this place and it was called the Creole Shack that was the name of the restaurant I had my 8 by 10 sheet of paper my manager dropped me off I walked in handed my 8 by 10 sheet of paper to the business owner gave my little spiel walked out never thought anything of it got back in the car about 10 minutes later I received a phone call and it was from Billy Farr who was a district manager uh, with Colonial and he said, hey, I want to talk to you. I didn't know who he was. I had no idea what even colonial life was. But all I knew was it had to be better than what I was doing right then. And so I said, yeah, I'd love to talk to you. So Billy and I met. We, he, he gave me his spill for about 15 minutes. And I stopped him and I said, hey, man, are you offering me this job or not? In, in the middle of his, his presentation. And he said, well, I guess, I guess I am. I said, well, I'll take it. And he was like, Oh, okay, when can you start? I was like, I'll start Monday. So I uh, was, was riding my bike <laughs> at the time because I, I just was about to get my license back, so I was kind of in between. So, um, you know, I decided the next day, because the next day I was able to get my license back, I um, drove over to the Liberty National office, walked in to my manager's office, told him exactly what had happened, told him exactly what I was going to do. He understood. He said, you got a great opportunity. You should take it. So the next Monday I started. I was in Montgomery, Billy Farr was in Opelika, um, and I basically drove a 96 Jeep Grand Cherokee with no air conditioning, no shocks, yes. no half the paint was missing. Um, the driver's side door was not attached, so you had to crawl in through the passenger side door um, because it had not been welded back on yet. Um, this is this is real, real story here. Um, and I went to work and I would, go and do drops and without the air conditioning I would ride to an appointment without my shirt on and I would hang my shirt up in the back and when I got right near the appointment I would put my shirt back on and pull up and run the appointment. Um, the first case I signed up I did not understand that 
um, you had to set an enrollment date or do anything like that. I basically got the piece of paper signed, called Billy and said, hey man, I signed an account up. And he said, did you fax the paperwork up? I said, nope. He said, did you do a welcome call? I said, what's a welcome call? I had no idea at all what I was doing. I thought that every company had benefits and that magically if I got this piece of paper signed, all the benefits would just transfer over to Colonial and I would get paid. That's what I thought. That's how ignorant I was to this career when, awesome. when I started with Colonial. And Billy Farr gave me an opportunity that changed my life. He saw something in me. I don't know what, because I was 22 with baggy clothes, couldn't iron a shirt, couldn't do anything. I actually ended up, my, my territory manager at the time called Billy and told him that I was not allowed to come into the territory office in Montgomery unless I either went shopping or got, bought an iron and learned how to iron my clothes because that's how rough I looked. That's, that's the honest truth. So spent a little time in Montgomery as a rep, um, started to kind of figure this thing out, you know, opened some accounts and Billy came to me one day and they, they did a rack in Billy's office and they said, we want to make you an ADM, which is an agency development manager. So basically at 22 years old, they wanted me to start my own office and start hiring people. So had no idea, still couldn't spell insurance. So I start just making enough mistakes to get a couple things right. I remember one time interviewing a, a gentleman named Bill Davis, and he, uh, he asked me, very professional guy in his, in his 40s, said, son, how long you been doing this? And I said, do you want hours or days? Is exactly what I looked at him and said. I said, but one thing I'll tell you is that colonial life, I don't know much about it, but what I do know is that there's a lot of people here making a lot of money and are very, very happy to be here, and they enjoy coming to work every day, and I'm going to figure out what they're doing and we're going we're gonna to make this thing happen. And Bill Davis joined us, and he's still with us today, six, over six years later. So kind of awesome. fast forward a little bit. I was an ADM for a year. Um, my territory manager sat me down in her office at the time and said, we want you to move to uh, – she gave me two options. She said, you can go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or you can go to South Alabama in Mobile, and we want you to start a district office down there. Well, growing up in Auburn, Alabama, Tuscaloosa was not an option, and I, and I told her that straightforward. I said, so I'll take South Alabama. I'd never even been to Mobile, didn't know anything about it, um, but I got in the car, drove down there. I asked Siri on my phone. I said, apartment complexes. I went to eight different apartment complexes on a Thursday, signed a lease that Thursday, drove back to Montgomery, got my stuff, and drove, and drove it all back down there. Um, this was about three months after the, the initial conversation just because I, I wanted to give Billy time to find a replacement and help him find a replacement for that. Um, started a district office down there. The first five weeks we ran it out of my second story apartment um, and hired who now is one of the, the, the best district managers in the country. Um, couldn't have done it without her for sure. Built a um, built a you know a strong office down there and had the opportunity to advance after that and um, was in Atlanta and now get to serve as the territory manager for Central Florida and I've been here almost two years. Um, this is something that you know I, I sit around all the time now and just kind of reflect and look back and get to watch my son who now is is about to turn six in September and um, you know I just look back and I, and I think about it all the time that there's no way I would be able to do the things that I'm able to do in life. And there's no way that this kid would be able to have the things that he has in life without colonial life. 
and I'll and I'll forever be grateful. And and it is the reason why I'm so passionate about people joining this opportunity is because I know what this company can do for an individual that's completely unqualified, that's too young for their position, that doesn't have a clue what they're doing, but with the right culture, the right family atmosphere, the right leadership, and the right guidance. This company can allow people that maybe didn't have another chance or maybe were getting told no by everybody else. A hundred applications out there and no one would give you an opportunity. Colonial Life gave me an opportunity that changed my life and changed my parents' life and changed my future kids' life and changed my current son's life forever. And I just want to say thank you to Colonial Life because without you, I wouldn't know TJ, I wouldn't know Heath, I wouldn't know Chris, and the countless number of people that I wouldn't know if it wasn't for Colonial Life. Best friends in the whole world, family members, and a career that I know I'm going to have forever. So I'm going to end it with that. And again, I can't do anything besides say thank you to Colonial. And, and I am forever grateful. And I hope that this podcast helps change a lot of people's lives for the better. That's the whole mission of this podcast is that we can bring like-minded people together that are either about to take the struggle, about to take the challenge, or going through the struggle or the challenge right now with Colonial of starting their own business and hopefully can be impacted in the right way. TJ? Yeah, Craig, man, that was that was incredible. And I love you, buddy. Love and you too, man. A, uh, th- this story is a uh, another reason why I want to partner with you on this movement, this crusade. You're humble, you're hardworking, and to be have the mindset at 22 to want to make your life better is incredible. Well, and I, I, wouldn't, I can tell you one thing, Cole, there's no way in the world that I'd be sitting here doing this podcast if it wasn't for everybody else in this company, because I still don't know what I'm doing, and people help me out every single day, but it's because I'm willing to ask for help. And I would encourage anybody listening to this podcast to never be scared to ask for help. That's strength. You know, Craig, when I'm, I'm listening to you speak, and it uh, reminds me of one of my favorite uh, speeches by Steve Jobs when he spoke to the graduating class at Stanford, and he talks about connecting the dots. And he says, you can never connect the dots moving forward, but you can always connect the dots moving backwards. That's right. Meaning... Uh, all these things, the seizures, the uh, haze coming on the way, all these things that were um, wonderful experiences with having haze born, but the seizures realizing you're not going to play baseball. And if you didn't have the seizures, maybe you would have went on and played baseball, would you, but would you have as impact as many people as you are right now? I don't know. And I don't, I don't actually, I do know, and I don't believe you would be. Uh, I believe this is your mission, this is your calling. Uh, and you were very blessed to have this calling, and, and I'm extremely uh, inspired by you and your story because it needs to be, and you, you can't be ashamed of it. You have to make sure that you're speaking to this every people, everyone that you speak to, your story. It's, it's awesome. So that concludes just you know what I wanted to say and, and how I wanted to say thank you again, and I'm going to turn it over to another huge reason why I'm still with the company and someone who's had a, a absolutely huge impact on my life. And guys, if you're, if you're not paying attention after my story, which is understandable, pay attention to, to TJ right now because this man has impacted more lives than 
than, than almost anybody. And, and TJ, can't wait to hear your story, man. And I'm going to sit back and listen. So the floor is yours, brother. All right, Craig, thank you. Um, hope everyone's having a great afternoon. Uh, you know, I'm going to start my story off a little bit around the high school times and moving into college and then uh, throughout my life here. But majority of my life, I bat battled uh, confidence issues, big time confidence issues. Uh, on the outside, uh, many of my closest friends wouldn't realize or didn't know, but some of them did. But on the inside, I felt very uncomfortable with my skin. I felt uncomfortable with how my mind worked. Uh, I couldn't read well. Uh, I couldn't articulate my thoughts well. And it was a tough time for me. And a lot of things that I would do, uh, I was big in sports as well. I played basketball, baseball, track. Uh, I did football up to high school because at high school I, I played basketball pretty much every, every season. Uh, but what would happen is because of my insecurities and my confidence issues, whenever I was, my back was against the, the door, I mean the, the wall, I would freeze up or I would just give enough energy just to skate by. And what I mean by that is a lot of times, and, and this went on all the way through life until I was 29, and I'll get to that in a minute, uh, but I would just give enough to make it, but I would never give 100%. And ultimately, it was about 75 to 80% of the time, whether it be jobs, once I got out of college, whether I was in college, whether relationships, whether it's sports, I would give about 75 to 80% of effort because I knew in the back of my mind that I didn't believe that I deserved success or happiness and therefore I was going to save that extra en energy up for the next best thing that I was going to do and then I was going to uh, charismatically tell everybody oh I'm doing this now or I'm going to doing this now or can you believe this is what's going on and I saved that energy up to go on to that next one and it was a constant cycle a vicious cycle that I endured all the way through for most of my uh, beginning of my adulthood. And I graduated college at, at uh, 24 years old. I was on the five-year program, and I moved to Tampa, Florida with a college degree in business. And I found myself working for a large company scanning files. And it was a mortgage company, and I would go to work. I would wear a back brace. I would have files and I have a file gun a scan gun and I would scan files all day and put them in a box tape up the box put them on a uh, pallet and then use a forklift and move the forklift and the pallets to the area where I was gonna shelve the boxes I did that for a year and a half I would scan over 2,000 files every single day and that's a lot of moving in and, and I remember I was playing my buddy at the time Gave me a, uh, when the first iPads or little minis came out, I don't know, what definitely was an iPad, but one of the little uh, music iPads or whatever they call them now, I can't even remember, Craig. But it was Jeremy Camp, I Will Walk By Faith, Even When I Cannot See. Uh, so I started realizing there was more to life, but I just didn't feel like I deserved anything different or better. I was making twelve fifty an hour. Uh, but after a while, I just got over it and I quit and I went on to something else. There's that 75%, and then I went on to something else. And then finally, I, I started having a little success in leadership and in sales with a company called Maxim, 
I had great leadership there, but it wasn't. It was still wasn't the. It wasn't the same. I, I still was only putting in a certain amount of effort because I was just waiting for the next thing that was going to come along because I knew uh, that it was just going to. That was just the story of my life. And I met a gentleman through some mutual friends by the name of Heath Oaks. And Heath and I became friends, and after a couple of weeks we chatted. And he said, hey, I, I, want to I want you to come into the office. I'm going to show you the opportunity that we have, TJ. And I remember I actually got in a car accident and I showed up 45 minutes late to the meeting, but it was a pretty legit excuse. But I was thinking to myself, here we go again. Here's TJ saying this next best thing, but he's, ar he's already screwing this up, getting in a car accident. So I met with Heath, and I said, wow, you gotta be kidding me. And it was, he was showing me the money, and he was, you know, I was buying into his charismatic ability, I was buying into his suits, I was buying into all the materialistic stuff. Um, and I said, I, I, I wanna do this, and if this guy can do it, heck, anybody can. Um, but after I, I let it go for a week or so and we met up again and at long story short what happened was I ended up buying into his vision and I was in Jacksonville Florida at the time and I moved to Tallahassee and I'm originally from Maine so a Maine boy living in Tallahassee very two different parts of the universe and I opened up an insurance agency and Craig picture a guy who's no confidence uh, I knew one guy in Tallahassee, and I actually lived on his futon bench for four months. And I moved into a DGA role, so I had to go out and get my insurance license. And I'm going around telling people that I'm opening up an insurance agency, and they're like, well, do you have any insurance experience? I said, oh, no, but, I, but I'm, I'm with Colonial Life, which is a great company. they got a great platform or system, and I have a great leader that's going to teach me. And they're looking at me like, you give me a thumbs up. Like, yeah, here we go. Here we go again, TJ. Um, but I told myself, I made a promise to myself on April 6, 2011, that there won't be another plan B. Either you're going to make this work, TJ, or you're going to die trying. And I, like I said, I moved to Tallahassee. I had $6,000. I took out a 401k, and that's all that I had in it. And I lived on David Clark's futon bench for four months. Thank you, David. And I started in what we called the dungeon, uh, which is a small executive office in Tallahassee. Uh, we started growing and building, and we hit our first quarter sales plan. Money was coming in a little bit. We were impacting lives. We were, everyone in the agency was starting to make money, and we moved into a larger office, which I was paying $2,300 a month for. And I thought, well, heck, if we have a bigger office, more people will show up. Uh, well, they didn't. What happened was I ended up going broke. I almost I had to file bankruptcy. I had credit card companies calling me up all day long because I wasn't uh, – paying my credit cards, I had to live, uh, and I had negative amounts of money in my bank account, I had holes in my shoes, I was at this time I was living with college students, uh, and everybody thinks old school and animal house is great, but when you're 30 year old, I was 30, year old, 30 years old at this time, uh, and you're not partying, and you're focusing on building the business, it's not fun living with college kids. I remember I had a girlfriend at the time and who ended up being my wife, uh, she came over to cook and there was maggots in the kitchen. That's absolutely disgusting, and that's the way we lived because it was only a couple hundred bucks a month to live. And I spent, I would have to, a lot of the times, Craig, I would end up spending my night at the gym, I mean, at the, my office and showering at the gym. So what I realized real quick was what we needed to do was I needed to learn how to set appointments, run appointments, close business. And once I learned how to do that, and here's when the system comes into play, 
I then need to duplicate that skill set onto somebody else. And at that point, I was buying into the vision, but I, it wasn't there yet until I started truly seeing that if you teach somebody a system, a process, you can easily duplicate yourself into them, and then they can then go ahead and duplicate themselves. And that's when the passion with me on building leaders came into play. And that's when my confidence started to, to skyrocket because I started to realize, you know, if I can help people become successful, and the Zig Ziglar quote, if you help enough people get what they want, you in turn will get what you want. And if I can coach people to believe in themselves, to feel good about themselves, and that they're special and that they're, 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 doing, they're out there doing a righteous cause protecting American workers, you know what, deep down I'm making myself feel better. I'm feeling good about myself. And, and it's, it's an, instead of it being a vicious cycle, which what it was, I started putting everything I had into this business and I put everything I had into the people around me. And what happened was they started putting all the effort they had into it. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing when you start seeing positivity uh, move and mo momentum and movements. And what happened was we, we became one of the top districts in, in, in Colonial Life in a small office. Uh, we had a lot of success. We have a lot of DGAs that have come out of that uh, agency in Tallahassee. And, and when the calling was for me to move into the North Florida position, uh, the TSM position in North Florida, we jumped on it. And my wife and I ended up moving to, uh, to Jacksonville to take over the territory there in Jacksonville, Craig. And I'll tell you a few things that it's crazy to think six years ago, the mindset I had compared to the mindset now. And it's because of this company. It's because of people like Heath that believed in me. And it's because of people of this company that actually believed in a 22-year-old or 24-year-old to give them the keys to the, a territory at 24 years old and to develop people like myself who are now developing other people. Uh, and I don't know if there's another company out there, Craig, that would do this. No. I know our competitors no. would mean, never put somebody in, in a, a DGA role with zero insurance experience. Dude, I was 27 when they handed me the keys to a... $30 million book of business in Central Florida. Like, who does that? <laughs> you know, it's yes. like, that's yes. what I keep thinking about. And, it's you know, seven, you know, we both, TJ, you and I both know what it's like to be pretty much as broke as you can possibly be. Oh, my I gosh. Mean, Light bills being turned off. Dude, uh, seven years ago, I was a janitor. I was a janitor seven years ago, wiping pee off of little kids' toilets at a middle school. Yeah. I mean... And, and what I'll say, TJ, and then I'll, I'll let you finish, but i got to say this because you've always inspired me and you've always told me that you've got to lead with your heart, not your head. Right. And that's something I stole from you. And everybody that's listening, I'm telling you right now, if TJ McKinnis and Craig Miller and Heath Oaks, who, by the way, Heath Oaks had just as much of an impact on my career as anybody as well, he basically was my TSM you know, even though he was in a completely different state when I started as a DGA because I didn't have a TSM. Uh, two weeks after I started as a DGA, for, for nine months, I did not have a TSM starting a district office in town I'd never been in. What I'm telling you is that you can do this. 
you can make this happen. If guys like us can make it six years and more with this company, if you put anybody that puts their mind to it, anybody that's willing to do the right thing morally and ethically, anybody that's willing to be consistent with their message and is willing to work their butts off and not have a plan B, as TJ says, can change their life for the better and change their family's life like you can never imagine. You're 100% correct, Craig. You know, and kind of piggyback off of what Craig, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Menard was talking about last week, uh, the large bank accounts, you know, the expensive homes, the expensive cars. You, you, if you look around, a lot of people that have that, they're not happy. And, you, and you're wondering, what is, why are they not happy? It's because that doesn't bring happiness. It's great. Heck, I love it. But it doesn't bring happiness. What brings happiness is truly finding your passion in life and your calling. And I truly believe that, Craig, you went through more struggles than most. I went through more struggles than most in this business. And I truly believe it's because God put us here in place to test us to see, okay, can these, these boys put, go through all the insecurities that they have, all the inadequacies, all the negative things that are going at them, uh, being broke. And if, the, if they can overcome this, then there's going to be a, a reward at the end. And that reward is us impacting other people. Because if we went and went through these struggles, there's no way that we can coach people through theirs. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I have confidence about. And once you go through struggles, Craig, how crazy is it how much more confidence you have about your ability to overcome more of them? Oh, and that's the best part. You know, I, you know, I look back six years ago trying to figure out how we're going to build up a scratch district. And now, you know, in the role that I'm in, we, we have over 12 of them that are up and running and rocking and rolling and over 40 managers that we brought on board that have built up and have a career that are now impacting other leaders who are then impacting other policyholders, other leaders, and, and our customers. And that's how we're going to touch 5 million lives by 2020 for, with Colonial. That's right. And we, we keep that in our forefront, and we make our passion and driving leaders our number one priority, Craig, we're, we're, gonna, we're off to a great start, and it's a beautiful, uh, and it'll have a beautiful ending at the end of it. And, and Craig, I really want to thank our leaders of our company. Uh, I want to thank Heath Oaks for bringing me into this business. I want to thank Elena DR Supri for coming down as a VP to, to, with a new scratch district and run appointments with me. It was amazing. I want to thank Tim, Tim Arnold having the guts and confidence to hiring a guy like myself that was only been in insurance for two years. Bill Dean, head of sales for our leadership, and our new, new crusader, Mr. Uh, uh, Dave Mosier. The Mosier dog. The Mosier dog. Thank you, buddy. I want to thank everybody, Craig, and I want to thank you and our colleagues because without everyone together working hard, I'm not where I am. Uh, and you're not where you are, and, and no. it's a and I, blessing. And all, the, and, and all the people you mentioned, TJ, I, I, I'm not going to repeat all their names, but you know, exactly. Thank you to everybody, and yes, and and even more than that. I mean, we could we could sit here for an hour and name people that I wanted to thank. But one person I would like to add is is Billy Farr, um, just for <laughs> seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. And sometimes yep. it takes it, a leader believing in their team or believing in an individual and team before they believe in themselves in order to, for them to be able to be successful. And that's something I always try to put in the back of my mind when that happens. And completely different subject here, but, you know, I just thought about something. Um, you know, I, I remember a time when 
I literally was scraping for change to buy ramen noodles to mix with my deer meat that <laughs> to, to be able to eat dinner. And, uh, you know, I was able to buy my son two Lego sets this week. And I know that's a small thing, but it's like to be able to just go to Walmart or go to Target and be able to see the look on his face that you can buy him a Lego set and how much he loves Legos. And actually, he, he, he listened to the podcast this week and, you know, and he, he got so excited when I started talking about him in the first one because he knew who it was. And I, and I said, buddy, do you want to do you want to be on the podcast? And we like mock the podcast and like let him, you know, role play it and stuff. And I asked him, I said, why do you like building Legos? He goes, because I'm good at it. And I said, well, how did you become good at it? And he said, well, because I practiced a lot. And I said, well, do you think that if you wouldn't have done the activity and, and made the mistakes? And I said, were you good at Legos when you started? He goes, no, I was really bad. And I said, well, what makes you so good at Legos now? He's like, well, I keep trying to get better and I keep getting new ones and I keep trying to put them back together and do new ones and, it, and I just keep getting, I get better. And he's, he's five. There you go. He's five years old. <laughs> you know, and I was sitting there going, yeah. that relates so much to what we do. And, and I'm telling you guys, and we'll end it here. Go make mistakes. Go mess enough things up to where you get a couple things right. And don't be scared to fail because you're going to fail. None of us are good enough not to fail. So at the end of the day, just go for it. And don't worry about the consequences. And like, like TJ said, don't have a plan B. But that's all I got for this one, man. Yeah, Craig, thank you. Uh, we could keep going on, but this is a let's end on this note. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we're all we're fired up right now. That's I know right. I am. All right, man. Appreciate it, guys. Looking forward to um, the next episode, and we will talk to you guys soon. Go follow us on Instagram. Um, go follow us on Facebook, and make sure you subscribe to our iTunes and leave a review. And I stole this from Chad Prather and Heath Oaks. Only leave a review if it's a good one. We don't want any bad reviews, so need you guys to go in there and leave some good reviews on the iTunes um, or, or iPodcast, not iTunes, iPodcast. So, uh, guys, if you need anything, contact us on Facebook, reach out to us, and look forward to talking to all you guys soon. Love y'all. See you later, Thanks. folks. Bye-bye. Fusic, a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't.